Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople and the blue-collar middle class. I'm hoping to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers and hopefully share a lot of the stories behind how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews as well as some solo stories from job sites, fatherhood, and personal experiences that led me to where I am today. Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. Hey, hey, welcome to another week. Sorry if my voice is a little bit off or I sound a little bit nasally. I'm a little bit under the weather here. Um, but anyway, uh, here we go with another week. Uh, this week I wanted to talk about roughly, well, you'll see by the title name, uh, Fuck Around and Find Out. <laughs> it's just a, kind of a vulgar or colloquial way of, you know, referencing consequences and the things that we do uh, will result in some kind of reaction or action coming back at us, and, you know, it's unavoidable. Um, but as long as we kind of calculate those things and, you know, be prepared for those and, you know, know that they're coming, then uh, it's a lot easier to kind of act or react and carry on. Again, if you're kind of prepared, you're standing upright, you're ready to take them, whatever the case may be. And this was kind of, I don't know, it was roughly... Uh, roughly inspired by like, okay, so I'm obsessed with the HBO miniseries Chernobyl. I've probably watched it five or six times beginning to end now, and I just finished watching it again. It's incredible. If any of you guys have HBO and haven't watched it, it's a five part, it's like five hours worth of content. And it's, it's incredible. It's a pretty cool look into, you know, just the disaster in itself, the the nuclear power plant, uh, the explosion, but also more it's more critical of the entire kind of Soviet regime and that kind of dome of silence and of secrecy that covered it all. And then kind of how, I think it's referenced even in the show, but how they may think, I think it was Mikhail Gorbachev who said that uh, the Chernobyl disaster may have been kind of the breaking point for the entire Soviet Union. That's where it kind of blew the lid off of it. It exposed a lot of um, the stuff that was going on behind the Iron Curtain, and I, it's incredible, really. Like, I recommend anybody watch that. It's just, it's fascinating, and if you're in any way, you know, interested in history or, I don't know, anything really. <laughs> if you like this podcast, I have a feeling you'll really like the the miniseries Chernobyl. But anyway, there's a quote in there that is really incredible, and it kind of applies to uh, this episode here in regards to consequences and I also want to get into the idea of like sins of omission and sins of commission and it just you know why regardless of what we do uh, whether it's action or inaction everything is going to incur some kind of a consequence regardless of what choices we make right like whether it's standing by and doing nothing or it is actively doing something either way a payment is made, right? Something is demanded in return. And so the quote from this, it's by uh, the character Valery Legasov. I don't know if it's a true quote, if it was ever attributed to him, but the, the writing in the show is amazing anyway. So the quote goes like this. Every lie we tell incurs a debt to the truth. Sooner or later, that debt is paid. And so what that's talking about, obviously in, uh, in the show or in the miniseries, it's talking about how you know, a lot of these secrets of the reactor and what led to its explosion and then the meltdown that followed it, um, they were all known 
faults or issues with the reactors and the design that they had in the Soviet Union. But because of the fact that it was always covered up and it was just hidden and uh, classified information that not even the scientists were made aware of, those lies, they they gradually build up and they, you know, there is, <laughs> it doesn't deny the truth underneath it. It's just you're gradually building up this worsening scenario where, again, every lie just incurs a debt to the truth. So as as things come up and, you know, as things react the way that they do, according to physics, um, it just creates a bigger and bigger scenario or a bigger explosion in this case, something that could have been avoided if everything was open and honest. But because of the cover-ups and the secrecy, it created a worsening kind of event horizon. And that's ultimately what culminates in the explosion and everything that happened afterwards that, you know, racked a continent and um, it just had wide, wide reaching effects all the way across Europe and probably across the world at that point. I, I don't know. I don't know how well they tracked it back then. But um, anyway, it's it's incredible. And that that can apply to our lives too, right? Like, the idea that and this to me is almost more of like, a sins of omission thing, right? Like refusing to acknowledge something or passively not reacting to something, knowing that you should and just kind of standing by. And, you know, every time that we do that or every time we don't necessarily speak up to whatever we're feeling or whatever situation that we're in, um, you're gradually just building up a worsening, a ticking time bomb, right? Because just because you aren't talking about it, just because you don't acknowledge it or, you know, again, uh, bring it up, it doesn't mean that it's not true or it doesn't mean that it's not festering and building underneath the surface. And again, the longer that this is done, uh, the more of a cumulative effect it'll have. And this actually ties in perfectly to uh, the next quote here, which is by Jordan Peterson. Uh, so his quote is, when you have something to say, silence is a lie. So then you Combine that with the other the other quote uh, attributed to Valery Legasov. And so basically, if you have something to say and you don't say anything, then every silence that we, you know, endure incurs a debt to the truth. And sooner or later, that debt is paid, right? Again, just kind of reiterating and, and melding the two quotes together. Um, but that really now starts to talk about sins of omission as opposed to commission. And I'll just so the difference between that is, the idea of a sin of omission is, again, something that you didn't act on, you didn't do when you should have, and you knew that you should have, um, you know, whatever it is, if it's fixing, if it's at work, if it's fixing something, some little, little mistake that you notice, it's easy enough to just pass it by. But then, you know, if, let's say it's an electrical issue, the drywall goes on, everything gets covered up, you know, it's there, you didn't do anything. And that can fester and become a much bigger issue down the road, because it was never dealt with. And now it's hidden from plain sight, you know, whether it's a loose connection or uh, some kind of hazardous scenario that eventually culminates in a house fire or something like that, right? Like, whereas this was something very small at the beginning, but because you ignored it, didn't do anything about it. Now it's turned into something much bigger. And, uh, it, you know, just dealing with it at the time would have been a lot easier and it would have saved all this headache and destruction down the road. And that's obviously like a very tangible example that I could think of, of, you know, how this uh, can be applied to the real world. Well, it's also applied, you know, internally to each of us, right? Like, I mean, I think most people have 
or live their life by some type of a moral compass or a moral code or an ethical code, whatever the case may be. I mean, um, some people are rooted in, you know, religious belief or, you know, I don't know. I, I think that's one of the things that gives people a lot of meaning. I don't know what else it may be. I mean, maybe you just have a strong moral value system as it is. Maybe it's it's your family that you live by, whatever the case may be. I'm, I'm going to get dragged into this here. But um, every time that you kind of deny or betray that internal set of values that you've got, that builds up to, right? That creates this cascading effect internally. And I mean, it, it can fester in all sorts of ways. Like you'll, you know, it, uh, a lot of the time it'll be whatever self deprecating thoughts or depression, whatever the case may be, but it's because you're betraying yourself ultimately. And so this kind of just bleeds into everything. And one thing that I was also thinking about this last week is, as I alluded to last week, we've got a bit of a mental health uh, crisis or issue that is being being dealt with, and it's getting a lot better here now. But uh, within, you know, my somebody who I'm very close with, somebody who's, um, yeah, within my family. So, like when I was thinking about this, there's a lot of times in the past six months that I could have spoken up and could have said something or could have you know, pushed him a little bit farther just to get some answers or get some clarification or just see how things were going or seeing how he was doing. And, you know, like now at this point, after after what happened or what almost happened and, you know, the tragedy that was luckily averted a little bit, but, um, you know, you look back and you think, God, like there were so many things that I could have or should have reacted to or should have brought up or that I should have just pursued further or dug into a little bit. You know, it's somebody who's important to me, who I, I care about deeply. And it's uh, it's tough to look back on once once kind of things hit ahead. You have that little explosion or whatever, whatever you want to call it, uh, that house fire in relation to the, the electrical analogy there. But... <sighs> It's tough, right? It's always hindsight's always twenty twenty, and so all of those little sins of omission or little mistakes along the way, like they just, you know, it didn't deny what was actually going on. You know, again, every lie, and you can take that as, you know, if you have something to say, then silence is a lie. So every time I was silent, it, it just incurred a debt to the truth, and that was it. There was something going on. There was something that was manifesting itself, and it it ended up turning pretty ugly. And so every time that I didn't say anything or didn't react, I was I was just adding, I was stoking that fire a little bit by not intervening or not not doing anything. And so it's 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 tough to look back on, right? Like I, I think we all have stuff like that that we've thought about and then in hindsight thinking like, oh shit, I should have done this differently. And you can kind of see where your own input or lack of input has resulted in different outcomes different consequences right and it's uh this is all again going back to consequence roughly I don't know where I'm at on this right now but I'm still following my notes loosely so it's it's got to be somewhere on topic I'm kind of deploying the napalm effect rather than a strike team but uh whatever we'll firebomb this topic some more so again like that that idea of consequence and it's it's things that we do it's things that we don't do it's things that we stand and let let go we things things that we just watch and we don't react to or don't have any input in all of it's got consequence and again like I think the ones that are the hardest to deal with after the fact are the things that we didn't do because it's really 
it's really easy to look back and say, oh, you know, all it would have taken was this tiny bit of effort. And, you know, I could have changed the course of events or it could have, I could have intervened here and it would have taken me, you know, no energy or no input, just, just a minor little thing here. And I could have seriously changed the outcome. And I think that's the the toughest part, right? Is looking back on the little things that you didn't do. Because, you know, if you have, if you do something, you fuck up, like at a job, if you make some big mistake, it's, you know, it's whatever. It's like, ah, you know, that, that sucks. That's on me. But, you know, people notice it and then you're just able to fix it and move on with life. But if it's something like this, the, the something that you didn't do, a lot of the time, a lot of the time people don't notice it around you like externally but it's something that eats at you at least it eats at me when when it's something that that I should have done and that's that's just what's was really bothering me uh this week because again I was thinking back to all these different times or different events that I could have intervened in or said something or whatever and I think that eats at me more rather than if I had had some little confrontation let's say I had said something and it turns into a bit of a confrontation but then at least you know uh it throws some sunlight on it. We can start to see some some stuff going on. That that would have been a lot easier to deal with than just inaction. And uh, I think that's something that I'm going to try to avoid avoiding, I guess, in the future. I'm going to try to take a more active role in stuff like that. Just just because like <laughs> this this level of regret, uh, it it sucks, right? So. And it's something that, uh, like, you know, I'm I'm always messing up something. And, I'm, you know, there's always consequences coming for those screw-ups. And, you know, it happens in relationships, too. Like, just things that you don't do. Like, maybe it's the attention that you don't give. Or, you know, this could be with a spouse or with kids, whatever. If you're kind of tired at the end of the day and it really wouldn't take any energy to listen to your your kid's story about what they did at school today or something. But you just kind of sit there, drone out doze off and you know it just it all culminates all of a sudden your kids breaking down saying oh you know you don't listen to me you never pay attention to what I'm saying and it's like oh my god like just these little these little steps along the way that would have taken no effort but because you didn't do them it it all of a sudden blows up because it just builds and builds and builds and that's uh you know luckily well, no, I've had that happen before too, where my kids will call me on it. Luckily, they're pretty vocal about it. So they're like, dad, are you listening? I'm like, oh, no, sorry, buddy, I wasn't. And so luckily, you know, they don't, uh, <laughs> they aren't very inactive when it comes to that stuff. They'll, they'll call me out right away. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. And at least it doesn't, uh, they haven't let it build into anything bigger. So good on them. They're a lot better at that than I am. I don't know where they get it from. Must be their mom. She's a lot better than I am at that kind of stuff. So but yeah, it's a it's a constant it's a constant <laughs> learning thing, right? I think I think uh, life in general is like that, so I can't beat myself up too much. But so another thing with consequence, obviously, and I guess kind of the title of uh, "fuck around and find out." I think that's uh, pretty applicable nowadays to you know social media and how a lot of the stuff or words that you say online really. I don't know, you don't really face any physical real life consequences for them. And I think a lot of people are <laughs> starting to, uh, to maybe realize that when they do start living off in real life, like I'm, again, I'm no advocate of violence, but it's, 
it always does crack me up. Like you see those videos around like circulating online of people who just get lippy or talking like they do in some uh, Facebook comment section in real life and then just get popped one. Like, I don't know. It, it's funny right now. People, you know, you forget, you forget that your actions do have consequences. Your words have consequences. And in the real life, it's not, it's not so easy as logging off or lipping somebody off and then blocking them. Like <laughs> in real life, uh, it doesn't work that way. And I think one thing I'm grateful for is, you know, growing up in the trades, I think that's, that's something that you become acquainted with pretty quick. I remember working underground actually in mining and the saying was basically what happens underground stays underground. And, you know, like there's, there's all different kind of egos and headbutting going on underground and people just, you know, like it, personalities clash, especially when you're up there for a few weeks at a time, tempers flare, people get fired up. And I remember a few times underground that I was usually actually a geologist who would get kind of lippy with a miner. A lot of the times, you know, they, they'd went to university. They, they felt like they were a little bit more entitled to whatever, some gravy stuff or bossing around the miners to tell them to, to get them to do stuff for them. Uh, but you know, a lot of the time the miners were older, they were a lot more experienced. They were, you know, they just, they didn't roll that way. That wasn't how, uh, that wasn't how mining was in the past. And these guys are often old school compared to the younger geologists. And so, you know, things would get heated sometimes. And I remember one time just walking down the drift. I was, I don't know, I was doing my work. I was walking around carrying my tool bag and all of a sudden you just hear some yelling and smack, smack. And, uh, yeah, this miner just dropped one of the geologists right in the middle of the drift. And I only came in at the very end of it. But um, I can tell you right now that that relationship was much better after that. It wasn't, uh, and I don't think like nobody made fun of him. It wasn't a, a bullying thing after the fact. Like it wasn't like he was intimidated everywhere he went. It was just, it was one of those things like everybody kind of knew that he was lippy, bossy. He had a really high opinion of himself and he liked to try to get the miners to do stuff for him and he'd tell them what to do. He'd boss them around despite, you know, not being in that industry for nearly as long. And a lot of the time the miners would say, you know, that isn't how you do it or that I'm not doing that that way. Um, but he would still, you know, get lippy or complain to management or whatever that people weren't listening to him, right? And finally, one of the guys just had enough and popped him one, dropped him in the middle of the drift. Um, and like I said, again, like, he wisened up. <laughs> he changed his tune pretty quick. And that was it. There was nothing. There was no follow up. There was no nothing. Again, I don't even know if the mine supervisor or the mine shifter knew about it or found out about it. None of us were saying anything. And it, but the relationship got better. Everybody worked side by side for, I don't know, the next year and a half, at least that we were all on shift together. And there was never another another issue. And so again, like I'm not <laughs> advocating violence, but coming from the trades and especially in heavy industry and working underground, like you see some shit, right? Um, it was same within oil and gas too. Uh, that's a lot more regulated. There's a lot more HR involved in those sites and there's a, you know, there's a lot bigger office staff in there. So I think they keep it a little bit tighter. Although even then, like, you know, uh, they aren't there when you're at camp or you're in the gym or, you know, you're in the lineup getting on the 
buses to head to site. Like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, that happened. And that's one thing that I, I really like about the trades in general is, you know, aside from just the meritocracy, it's the way that, you know, you really learn to converse with people. You learn that uh, a lot of people have different opinions. They have different ways of dealing with things. Not all of them are constructive, but at the same time, you learn how to work with a lot of different people. And, you know, you know when you're stepping out of lines because somebody's going to usually tell you or pop you one. And that, again, that just all wraps up into this idea of consequence, right? Like, and that's, this is obviously more real life, more um, tangible, again, than talking about, you know, the sins of omission or something like that. But, but all of it, all of it's just wrapped up in the fact that there's consequences for everything, whether it's it's action or inaction. You're going to be, you're going to face whatever it is down the line that's directly a result of whatever you do or don't do. So again, that's, I, I think that's why, I don't know, why some of the online stuff really drives me nuts is just because you can tell that some of these people have never faced any kind of consequence for their action or for their words or for the way that they interact with people ever in their lives. And that's good too. Like it's cleaning up, obviously bullying in class and stuff like now having young kids, like, I don't know, it's, it's softened my approach a a fair bit, I would say. But at the same time, like even with my kids, I, I try to let them know that there are consequences for everything. And that's also like, that's to me, that's just good parenting. That's, you know, that's actually looking out for their best interests. It's not letting them walk all over us, my wife and I. It's, you know, it's cracking the whip. It's letting them know that sometimes, you know, you, you're going to pay the consequences for what you do, for what you mess up. You're going you're gonna to face those things. And, you know, as long as you explain it to them properly, I think that's a loving act. That's, that's compassionate. That's just being a parent. It's the way to go about it. But yeah, like as far as as far as on site, like I yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stories from underground. I remember one time actually, I may have even told this on a podcast episode a long time ago, but we had two mechanics up there that were absolute maniacs. And we had a stretch where we were hitting fairly soft rock, so we didn't have we weren't having as many mechanical failures. We weren't having drills go down just from overwork or from, again, drilling through harder rock. It's, it's just harder on all the equipment, on the bits, on everything, uh, even on, you know, fuses, overloads, because all the drills are working harder. So the electrical system is strained. Everything is strained, right, in those situations. But we hit a, hit a section where it was softer rock, driller was going easier, There's drilling, sorry, was going easier, and we were pretty bored as the support staff. Like, the miners were going balls out, but... You know, the mechanics in the shop were bored. We didn't have any machines to really work on. All we were doing is preventative maintenance. Whenever the service schedules came up, electrical, same thing. Like, basically, the way that it goes underground is they have to advance all the workings. And then once they get far enough ahead, then the support services. So in our case, it would be the electricians and the millwrights. Millwrights could then start to advance the air hoses, the water lines, all of the... Everything could start to work its way up the ramp. But you have to stay a far enough distance away from the working face as it's called because obviously every time they drill in and then they blast they blow it up like if you have your services right up to where the blast point is they're all going to get blown to hell anyway so there's no point you've got to wait a while you've got to let them advance far enough that you can then safely start to advance the services so anyway a long story short of explaining how underground mining goes but uh, we were pretty bored we were puttering around on surface doing whatever building pumps making a 
big extension cords for the underground equipment and the mechanics were bored out of their minds they had nothing to do and these two guys so again uh there, there were two guys the one guy was six foot four probably 310 like just a solid thick dude and but he was a small one the other guy was about six foot ten probably about the same weight but a lot wirier but he was so tall like it's still thick right like these guys were were miners but um I remember walking by the shop one day and just hearing screaming, yelling, and you'd hear stuff smashing around in the shop. And obviously the bay door is down and I'm walking right in front of the mine superintendent. And he just looks at me, kind of smiles and shakes his head. He's like, those boys got to get some work in there soon or they're going to kill each other. And I was laughing. I'm like, what are you talking about? And so sure enough, we look in the door. These guys are just beating the hell out of each other in the middle of this shop, like throwing punches, everything. The One of them gets away, throws his hard hat at the other guy. Like they're just going at it full tilt. And we were laughing so hard. Well, I actually, at first I wasn't laughing. Like I was like, what is going on? But then I took the lead from the superintendent who he had worked with those guys for the better part of a decade. And he's like, yeah, this is just how they get. We got to have, we got to give them work. Otherwise they're going to beat the hell out of each other. So whatever, this is their, their way of, uh, passing the time and stress management and so I, I thought it was hilarious and they would they would mess with each other all the time like when when one of them's doing a, a repair or a weld inside of the scoops the underground scoops uh you know they would get cracked dinged up from smashing off rock obviously it's not like miners are easy on equipment so one of them would be his head in this five yard scoop this massive steel container and he'd have his welding mask down. He'd be welding, focusing on something. And then the other guy would come up with like a 10, 20 pound sledgehammer and just slam it into the side of, of this uh, this scoop, like 10 inches from the guy's ear. I can't even imagine <laughs> what that would have sounded like, especially being inside that steel drum. But they do it for fun. All of a sudden, they were back at it, throwing throwing bombs at each other, just fist fighting in the middle of the shop. But it was all... It was always out of boredom, but as soon as they, you know, as soon as they had a task, they're best friends too, outside of work, which was hilarious. Like lunchroom, they were always together. Even days off, they had their days off together. They were always hanging out. It's just, it was the funniest thing to see that that was how, that was their relationship. And so anyway, just some of the crazy stuff you see at, at site. And so that wasn't even, I don't even know how I got into that, but that wasn't even an, an issue of consequence. That was just them. That was how they had fun. So anyway, kind of looping back to this, uh, this rough topic that I got way off topic again, but mining is fun to talk about. I, I should just spend an episode talking about mining, but um, the other idea here, again, looping back to it, is uh, it's again those sins by omission or, you know, the idea of when you have something to say, silence is a lie. And what that comes down to, again, even with just friendships or, you know, people who you hold dear who you hold close or acquaintances like this has a big effect on relationships too because I think of even back in school like you know if I was getting picked on I've talked about it on here before I was five foot three when I graduated like I was the smallest kid in school right so I uh, <laughs> wasn't very formidable at anything physical so you know I'd get whatever picked on here and there it's it's no big deal now I think it, it thickens my skin a little bit but um, you know, like friends back in the day or just acquaintances now I'd call them, but who would just stand by and watch it, you know, they wouldn't say anything, wouldn't step in, wouldn't intervene. There was, there was nothing. And I mean, probably comes down to just being afraid of getting lumped into it too. Like 
looking back on it now, I understand it a lot better. But at the time, you know, that kind of stuff hurts and that that blows up friendships that, you know, it uh, that's just the way it goes. But, you know, the same thing happens with relationships with other people, too. They all, all have consequences. You're going to not stand up for them. You're not going to going to stand up for what's right or, you know, voice your opinion when it matters, when it could matter to somebody else. You know, that has consequences in not just relationships, but then how you feel about yourself. I mean, maybe you betrayed your own inner morals, whatever it is, your own ethics. I don't know. I don't want to get all high and mighty here because I'm not like I've done this plenty of times, too. So I uh, actually that's oftentimes why why I end up doing the episode that I do it's because it's usually something I need to remind myself of like in this case with my family member and you know the fact that I didn't say anything or I didn't speak up earlier like all this stuff is usually each week it's something that I feel like I need to work on and so coming down here talking it out you know listening back to it when I'm posting it or whatever it uh, it helps kind of reinforce and remind me in my own head too so uh, again I I'm like, uh, I try to be the farthest thing from preachy ever because most of this stuff, all of this stuff is directly applicable to me too. And it's usually reminders that I need. So um, anyway, but this last quote that I just wanted to share, it's from Martin Luther King Jr. So it goes like this. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. And again, so that's just kind of showing the difference between commission and omission. Because, you know, if, if somebody's, uh, you know, coming after us or, again, who he refers to as enemies. Like, that's, they're actively doing something, right? But, and so that's commission. But your, you know, your friends or your acquaintances or the people that you would hold dear or expect to kind of stand up for you or at least, at least support um, your decision. Uh, but if they're silent, that sin of omission or just that, inactivity that the ability the inability to do anything there that is what people remember that's what's remembered and that's what really has a lasting effect and so I think that's the last thing that I wanted to kind of touch on this episode is just you know and again like he's obviously talking about it after the fact so these are the consequences of those actions right and that that inaction that that silence that also has consequences on not just yourself but on people around you on you know the country or the whatever society in general however far wide ranging you want to go with that um your silence has just as much of an effect if not more than the acts that you commit or the words that you do say it's it's sometimes it's just standing standing idly by that can cause the most damage and the longest lasting repercussions so to me yeah I don't know I think that's uh that's kind of the lesson that I wanted to leave with this week oh and I almost forgot too but you know this doesn't leave out the fact that if you do decide to make a stand or you you know you you speak up against something or for something whatever the case may be and, you know, you get consequences for it. Like, that's that's part of it too, right? Like, that's, you know, that's the price of doing that or of speaking up or doing whatever. So, I, uh, you know, it's it doesn't do you any good. It doesn't do anybody else any good to paint yourself as a, a victim of your own, you know, your own circumstances or what you what you've decided to do. Like, that's that's your own choice. And if you if you want to do that again, I'm kind of telling this to myself, too, but you know, that's, uh, that's what comes with it. That's what happens. So 
Um, yeah, that's not taking anything away from that either. Uh, face those consequences with your, you know, your chin up, your shoulders back, your two feet planted, and get ready to face them because that's all. That's all also part of it. You know, nothing, uh, nothing worth gaining doesn't come with a little bit of struggle. So keep that in mind as well. And you know, again, it doesn't do you any good to to put yourself into the mentality of a victim anyway. Uh, that's blah. I think I've talked about that before, and there's plenty of articles to look up on that. So anyway. I'm, uh, yeah, I've got, got some other stuff on the go where my wife and I are kind of getting the house ready to possibly put it on the market, sell, and then we're looking at where to move. So, you know, lots of fun stuff. It's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of cool though, looking at houses and looking at different real estate markets and seeing what can be done. And uh, it's exciting. So anyway, hopefully starting a next big new chapter of life, but <laughs> I I would be lying if I didn't say I was a little bit intimidated, a little bit worried. I hate change personally. I'm not good at dealing with it. And so uh I tend to drag my feet. I think it's just a defense mechanism and I think it's uh yeah, I just I find myself automatically doing it and it, it's something I've got to snap out of. So when you're listening back to this editing, snap out of that shit, Zach. And uh anyway, all right guys, well, thank you very much for listening. Uh have a great week and I'll talk to y'all again soon. All right, everyone, that's it for today. I hope you found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, review, subscribe, and recommend the podcast to a friend. I really appreciate all the feedback you've given me to this point and look forward to hearing from you again. As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook, at Jacket Plaid on Twitter, and at Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Instagram. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support and especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each episode. Have a great week and I'll talk to you all again soon.